Welcome to the Yogi MD podcast. It's Nadine, yoga teacher, health coach, and retired doctor, here to bring you and your body together, not in sickness, but in health. Thanks for taking this time for yourself. Today, my guest is Sister Janice Keenan. Sister Janice joined the Sisters of St. Francis of the Immaculate Conception in West Peoria, Illinois, at age 18. She has served in a variety of ministries, including elementary education, campus ministry, spiritual direction, and retreats for a variety of ages and groups. She has also served her community in roles of vocation and formation director, as well as serving on the leadership council. She currently serves as the director of spiritual ministries at the Port Center for Prayer in Frankfurt. She is here today to talk about her experience of living a life in spiritual service. I'm Sister Janice Keenan, born Janice Keenan. Um, I'm the second oldest of a family of nine children, um, six, seven girls, two boys. That sense of family is going to carry over into what I say later, that sense of community. Um, I joined a Franciscan group of sisters right after high school and um, have been in that for life. I just celebrated 50 years Jubilee and congratulations. Uh, in August. Thank you. So and I've been in a variety of ministries, a variety of areas of service, uh, met a grand variety of people, had an opportunity to learn, grow, and use the gifts God gave me. And I'm extremely grateful for all that. Why did you decide to go into a life of service? I think I went very young, so I went to a boarding high school for girls who were thinking about being sisters and entered after high school, and I think um, I had sisters in school, and I just always admired them and just thought that was kind of a cool thing to be and do. I learned what that really meant as I went. I think God knew all along, put me in the right place with the right group at the right time, I really entered this group on a more practical level. My family was like, this is an opportunity to try this if I thought I might want to be a sister. Probably I thought I might want to teach. I had teachers, and that's what I was thinking at the time. I found that, you know, it was an hour away from home, and it was affordable, and uh, it was something I could do. And when I went, I found out that, you know, it's an extension of family for me. It was a community together. And that seemed to me the way, if you were going to, do things with your life and give your gifts to do it with a group of kind of similar-minded people. So I think I learned and I grew as I went that, you know, as a child, we were always taught to beware of the others. I took care of my brothers and sisters. We had chores in the house and we all helped do things together. We had a lot of fun together. And that's the way it was in the community. You know, you learned to do things, you learned, um, and then you uh, used your gifts for service for others in a variety of ways. And that just seemed to fit for me. I'm a great variety lover. Also, I think I grew up on a farm, and uh -huh. so um, being connected with nature was part of it for me. So being Franciscan connects with nature, mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And so for those of my audience who don't know, you grew up Catholic. I did. I was, I was raised Catholic, yes. Okay. Okay. And so the Franciscan order is an offshoot of Catholic orders you can go to? How does, how does that work? Franciscans, um, 
sister orders of sisters um, yes. kind of follow uh, a founder and St. Francis, the spirit of St. Francis as somebody who was in touch with God, saw everything as gifts, saw God everywhere, uh, saw nature as a ladder to God, and then uh, was about following Jesus. You know, so it was always about uh, life of service, uh, life in community. So the Franciscans are just one group that do that. They tend to be a more simple, joyful kind of a group uh, um, than some, so that kind of fit too. <laughs> <laughs> and so can you describe daily life? Daily life for me is involves um, prayer. Uh, we pray together um, each day and asking God for gifts for the world, um, asking God for whatever is needed, um, listening to some scripture, uh, and it's just 12 minutes or so, and then Mass, which is our worship service uh, on a daily basis for the most part. Uh, it's community worship. We also have you set aside time in the day to, to pray personally, to talk to God, to read from something spiritual or from Scripture, to just have some time for quiet and talk with God. A lot of times walking and thinking and talking with God is good. Um, then we, we do meals together a lot of times, breakfast, you know, just something simple. I do, um, I've lived in a variety of numbers of communities. Right now there's like 15 sisters at the mother house, but I've lived alone, I've lived with two, I've lived with five. So you just work your schedule around what people are doing. You always involve some ministry of service of some kind, whether that's been teaching or retreat work or spiritual direction. One summer I did activities for our elder citizens at the homes, the home we have. Uh, so, uh, and I've done a lot of retreat work with high school and college age. I've done campus ministry. I do um, community um, leadership. So that's the council meets like every month to work on different areas that the sisters would need, financial and personal and things. So all of that is kind of together. And then there's also time for um, just relaxation, for walking, exercise, or for watching TV or playing cards or things like that. What have been the most rewarding aspects of your life dedicated to being a, a Franciscan sister? Probably the most rewarding aspect of that is, is being able to share um, gifts I believe I've been given. You know, I was taught to read. Reading is so important to me, and mm. I was taught to read. I was taught by my dad to do math and that. So I was trained then to be able to teach other people and to watch people um, not understand something and come to an understanding of it, um, to be able to do things on their own then because they could do that. I've done literacy for adults where you teach them to read what they want to learn. Mm. Uh, for the cook, how to read things on cans, you know, so they, how to read recipes. How mm. to, um, and just to be able to know, I've been able to do those things. I've been blessed in my life to be able to have the education and the background of the training and that I can share that with other people. Just to know that their lives are better because they're able to do things they want to do. What has been challenging? I think what's been challenging for me is always, um, like, community living is always a strength in terms of support mm. and encouragement. Mm. But you're also always living with people that are very different from yourself, different mm. background, different education, different family structures. Um, I think that, too, with the ministries um, is 
people that um, are very different from you and, and, you know, resist some things, you know, you don't have the same values. I think that's a challenge sometimes to be accepting of everybody, um, to be able to share what you can and speak your own truth and accept where other people are and not get upset by things, you know, I think that's challenging. So do you think that it's made you stronger in your sense of empathy? Oh, I do. I think it's definitely made me stronger. And I think sometimes it's you have assumptions of things, you know, and then you mm. learn, okay, something I thought I was doing that was helpful was not helpful mm. to somebody. Uh, it makes you more sensitive to not assuming that, you know, if this is good for me, it's good for them. <laughs> it's to be more aware of what is it this person needs? What is it they want? What is it that, you know, it's... A, it's I think it's a growth in sensitivity for me and mm. also um, caring, you know, to, to realize that sometimes um, the underlying things that people don't say, right, that you don't see right off. And then when people share, I do that a lot with spiritual direction. You know, you're with people and you think, okay, this is how they are. There's a personality. And then you hear what they're dealing with. And mm. so, you know, and a lot of times you don't know that unless people share that. And I think it helps you more sensitive to realize that the next person you meet, don't assume anything. This person could be dealing with something really difficult right now. The reason they may become abrupt or the main reason they may be not engaged with something, they could be hurting physically, emotionally, whatever, you know, and to just be aware. It sounds like you've always been a very good listener, but do you think that practicing more empathy with time has encouraged your listening skills to improve? Oh, I'm, I know it has. I know it has. Especially, I think you learn when um, somebody shares. The fact that if you listen, I found, I guess I found over time that sometimes I didn't know what to say to respond to somebody. And I found at that point that you just listen because you don't know what to say. And then people, as they're talking, they share more in depth because they're really feeling listened to. Mm. So so then they begin to really touch on deeper things or come to something themselves, and then you can affirm that and support that. So I think that helped me know that listen, listen longer, listen harder, <laughs> and it's okay to not talk so fast. You know, uh -huh. it's okay to not jump in there and think you have an answer. And what I found too is that when people really are, they feel like their feelings are validated, they solve their own problems. You know, they come to something like, oh, wow, I'm feeling like I did when I was eight years old. And, my, you know, and then it's like, but that's not now. But that's what it's triggering in me. And so now I can act differently toward this person I'm with because now I'm an adult dealing with it. And I think I've had those experiences enough to know that if people can get to the heart of it and you can affirm, well, you're really feeling angry. Are you really feeling lonely? Are you really feeling? And they can talk more about that. It just it just helps. Hmm. So you're not afraid of space when we think we're communicating with another person. We think that in order to help the other person that we need to come up with a solution mm -hmm. and that by being quiet, we're not being as effective. So do you think that by training yourself to be comfortable with that silence and listening that you've been able to be more comfortable with the concept of space and becoming more patient too, maybe? 
Oh, I think that's very true that uh, I become more comfortable with space, mainly because, like I said, almost by accident, you know, you find out, okay, I don't have a solution. I don't have a remedy here. And so sometimes you're just quiet listening, hoping that some spark of wisdom will come to you to share. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that, you know, if you do that, it does. That either they come up with something that helps them too, you can affirm, or that it triggers something in you that reminds you of something else that might be helpful for them. Some things I've gotten from, from prayer or from the wisdom of other people or from different uh, things I've read, I think the Lord does that. The Spirit, I believe, does that for me. You know, pops it into my head, and it's something like, oh, that's what this is about. And if you can share that, then the other person, you know, relates to that. And I think I found that, okay, I don't have to do that on my own. If I listen longer, if I'm more patient, so it has taught me a lot of patience mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of confidence and trust that if there's something I need to do that's going to be helpful for them, that will come to me. And there are some times when you, you say something out there because you don't, you know, you think, you hope that's going to help and you find out that it does. And you kind of know it's not just you doing that you know mm -hmm. there's something deeper at work there mm -hmm. you know in them and in you and in the spirit do you ever feel lonely i do feel lonely sometimes but more i think i'm more comfortable with being alone and i think as i've gotten older i mean i've always been a variety person so having people in a group and doing things in a group energizes me um, doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one has always been a little more draining for me, but I have found that um, I've hit a point where it's like, now I like the alone time. I like to have <laughs> more time to myself, <laughs> a little quieter time, and I don't find myself too long. I mean, it's not that it doesn't happen. You have moments it's like family's getting together and I can't do that, and you get a little, oh, well, you know, wish I could be there, and nobody's here for me right now, or, you know, but that's just, I think that's a natural kind of a thing with it. I don't get caught in it too long. You know, it's like mm -hmm. I'm so blessed to have good people sharing my life. And, you know, I can always call and email and Skype. And <laughs> so you still feel connected to family and you haven't felt like that's been oh, yeah. difficult? No, I was worried about that. I went to the common at a young age. And so two of my sisters were born after I was already mm -hmm. away in high school. And mm -hmm. I always wondered if I would ever get close to the younger kids. Mm -hmm. But um, God provides, and uh, I am closer to them. Even though I wasn't able to do a lot of physically being there at different times, um, the structure has changed in community, too, and now I can be more present to family things. You know, I think we found out it, it wasn't easy for the family either to not have you there for some things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's a nice balance there. I mean, it's always balanced with your work and your community responsibilities and different things like that, travel. and But, um, no, I have a really good connection. Have you ever had any regrets? I think probably times, you know, when I've wondered what it would be like to be married, have a family. You know, in, in religious life, you, you vow celibacy, you vow chastity, which is faithfulness to your relationship with God. And it involves an inclusive love. It's not exclusively to one man and family. Mm -hmm. um, it's more inclusive. And I think 
the Lord provides a way to make you, that compensates for that in different ways. Uh, I've had ministries where I've worked with uh, women coming into the community and you have a lot of experience of being a mother and a grandmother. <laughs> you, know, you have a lot of opportunity to nurture life, mm. you know, and it may not be a physical of your own, but mm -hmm. so not, not a whole lot of regret. Um, I have been so blessed and I think I've looked at things in that re regard. I have had times when I've wondered why I find this life meaningful and a lot of people today don't understand it at all. That is and a that's wonderful you, point. You start to think, well, am I crazy or what, that this makes sense to me and, and it doesn't seem to, you know, be something that other people are being drawn to right now. So have you seen less interest with time? Oh, and, yes. Mm -hmm. I think um, there's been a time when, for women, especially in the U.S., the opportunities for women have just expanded so much. There was a time when if you wanted to teach, you wanted to nurse, you mm. wanted to um, do public ministry and that, you needed to be a sister. <laughs> it gave you the validity of that. And the, and then now it's really opened up so much. The education and that, I mean, the sisters, um, the founders of those communities educated their people beyond their time, you know, ahead of their time. So we all ended up with master's and degrees when probably the one in my family that's got that. But I think today there's a lot more opportunities. So there are new communities coming up. Young people are very kind of social and need their own cohort too. They need their own group of their own age. And so a lot of newer communities are drawing more people because they have younger members in them. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's all a matter of ebb and flow of different things. Some communities are going to die out and some communities are going to come forth. It's always sure. been that way. Sure. Um, but I think there's more opportunities for women and there's more ways to be of service and be of service in the church without having to be a, a vowed religious. So. so if you were going to counsel a young person who's thinking about becoming a sister, what would you say to her? I'd say to her, um, pray. Pray for the faith and the generosity and the perseverance. I'd, I'd say, talk with sisters, spend some time with sisters, you know, and see if this is a fit for you. You know, God put me in a place where it was a fit for me. And when I work with women looking at community, I was a vocation director and a formation director for a long time. Coming into community is like, is this, is this a right fit for you? Is this the right group for you? Um, so I would say try it out. Go visit, go get involved. Go, and communities are very open to that. Spend a little time and get to know, does this feel right in your heart? Mm -hmm. Basically, that's what it comes to. And, and there's, you can use your gifts in all kinds of ways. You know, you don't have to be just a teacher or a nurse or something like that today. There's a million ways in which communities have ministries. So, um, but it's also about, can you live with other, can you live in community? To know that it's a life that will make you really happy, if that's what God's calling you to. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm very grateful to you for right. teaching uh, me about what you have received in your life right. by dedicating yourself to serving others. I, I think it you doesn't know, look easy from you, the outside in. You can't do that on your own. One of our sisters says it's not a natural life in some ways. You know, it's a supernatural life. You, you really begin to know that you really depend on God for mm -hmm. the strength to do it and for mm -hmm. the the courage to do it and for the love to do it. Mm -hmm. You don't do that on your own. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a humbling. So Sister Janice, what is your definition of what it means to be healthy? Healthy. <laughs> um, 
I think healthy for me is that condition of, um, you know, I see us as inspirited bodies, okay, that some people would say body and spirits, but I think it's spirited bodies. And I think health is is a holistic thing. It's It's got to do with the physical, it's got to do with the emotional and the spiritual and the intellectual and the social. It's got to do with all of that. What is it that helps you to take care of what, as Franciscan, I would call sister body, mm. which also is that whole personality you are and whatever. And um, So for me, it's how do I take care of sister body? How do I um, do what I need to do for the body? How do I keep active? How do I keep my mind active? How do I, you know, my spiritual director would say, you know, have you talked to your friends lately? Have you mm. called somebody, from, you know, when things get, you know, I can get discouraged and depressed by things or frustrated. So part of it is, um, how do I keep that all up? How do I make sure I've got a balance? I think healthy has to do with balance, balance with physical and emotional and mental, spiritual. Have I had fun lately? Have I played? Mm. You know, all of those things mm -hmm. come together mm -hmm. so I can be the best person I can be. Okay, and it, I mean, there are times when we might think of health as I'm in better health than other things. As you age, things physically kind of get, you know, more and more trouble, more aches, sure. more pains, and whatever. But part of it is attitude. So healthy mm. is attitude, mm. too. How am I going to really enjoy life and enjoy being alive and do everything I can do as long as I can do it? <laughs> Can't argue with that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Well, thank you so very much for generously spending time with us today. Okay. Well, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs>